You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next for Post Wrestling. And we are here for another review of Evolve. This is Evolve 134. And I am joined not by my regular co-host of Braden Harrington, but today I'm joined with Jason Solomon. Jason, how are you? I'm doing very well. Hopefully I, I've got some big shoes to fill, so hopefully I can do a good job. Absolutely. Of course, uh, many people may know you from your podcast. You are not part of the Post family, but you have your uh, your own thing that's been going on for quite a, a long time now, and you have quite a big uh, following. It's uh, Solomonster's Sound Off. Yes, uh, Solomonster Sounds Off. This is year twelve. Wow, we've yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm an old man at this point. So uh, over six hundred episodes, and it's uh, the Solomonster dot com, and pretty much all the usual podcast platforms. And uh, I got my content out pretty much everywhere wrestling podcast content is. And uh, thank you again for for bringing me in for this. No problem at all. Thank you for joining us. I know it's late. Um, I know you have work tomorrow as well. Um, but yeah, I wanted to start talking about Evolve as, as many of us know now, the, uh, I do the NXT show every week with Braden Harrington up next on post wrestling. And we cover a little show on the WWE network called NXT. However, it seems like this show isn't going to be so little anymore as it's got a big shiny new deal with the USA network. And we'll be going live on Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. on USA. So with that being the case, NXT isn't really the small, cute, little developmental thing in Florida that it used to be. And it's going to be something quite bigger. And because of this, we noticed the 
the network is starting to have its eyes on other properties. And a lot of our our boys and girls from NXT are appearing in Evolve quite often. We just had the 10-year anniversary of Evolve on the WWE Network. So we thought, hey, maybe this should be something we should be focusing on and seeing who are the guys who are up next for NXT um, from this organization. Uh, how familiar are you with Evolve? Have you been following them over the years or not? Uh, I've been following them loosely. I have not been following them enough to know everybody on the roster, uh, but I have... Uh, you look, I mean, with the influx of NXT talent, I recognize, for example, tonight, a lot of the names are very noticeable. Uh, but as time goes on and as Evolve sort of migrates over to the uh, the network, if that's what happens, uh, it'll be a lot easier to follow the product from month to month. Absolutely. Now, as many of you know, I was meant to be doing a show yesterday on Evolve 133 with Wei Ting. However... This isn't on the WWE Network yet. This is on, on WWN. And I don't know about you, Jason, but I found this incredibly difficult to navigate. Now, I, I consider myself a pretty tech-savvy guy. And yesterday, Wei and I were just trying to buy this bloody pay-per-view to watch. And to start with, they just didn't want to take my money. Um, and then I eventually signed up to it. And then couldn't see how to actually watch this event and realized I had to pay another $20 on top of the $9.99 I had already paid. However, then I learned that I didn't have to pay this at all. So I, I feel like I have like three subscriptions to WWN and I've paid for the pay-per-view on top of that. I I don't know what's going on, but I know you had some difficulties yourself as well. Yeah, you know, I feel like we should, we paid so much money here. We ought to have backstage access to some kind of camera or something. Uh, it was uh, not the easiest experience. I, I would not call the Evolve website, or, or I guess it would be WWN, uh, user-friendly, or as user-friendly as it should be. You know, when you have an event that's going to be live streaming, I just made the assumption that when you go to the main page, there will be something staring at you right in the face saying, click here, order here, something along those lines. And it wasn't. And so I had to navigate my way around, and like you, I, I sort of double-paid when I didn't have to. Uh, and it was. It was very frustrating, although I will I will take the hit for not realizing that the 8 p.m. start time was central. I think you had this. Oh, I did exactly the same. <laughs> I think you and I had the same issue. That was my uh, that was just my, my dumb brain not putting two and two together. But yeah, the website definitely needs an upgrade. I just don't find it to be uh, very user-friendly at all. I don't think there's really an excuse for that now. Um, I think when I think this is so common now, pay-per-view, uh, iPay-per-views, and you, you've got to have a platform that works and is simple. Um, and obviously, it, WWN doesn't have the network's kind of money, but that this pissed me off. This put me in a bad mood going into the pay-per-view. And as I said, Way and I tried for about 45 minutes to get the event yesterday before we eventually gave up and just had a beer and called it a night. Um, so yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't give a good impression of the product I feel going into it. And they kind of had to win me over because this then felt more of a, more of a chore than a, a fun experience just because how uh, difficult this website was to use. Anyway, I did get around to getting it eventually. Um, we both watched that 
pre-show match from the WWE Network 10th anniversary special, thinking it was the show itself, and then soon realized the show doesn't actually start till 8. Um, however, I'm going to go over a few of the results from yesterday's show, because there were a few things that led into Evolve 134. Uh, certain things I want to go over was uh, Anthony uh, Gutierrez, who we saw on this show, the uh, former MMA fighter, defeated Karam to actually acquire an Evolve wrestling contract. Um, we had the big story was um, Anthony Henry defeated the champion in a non-titles match. He defeated Austin Theory, making him tap out. And that was kind of the big story going into this show. Uh, we had Matt Riddle defeat Josh Briggs, who was obviously going to be in this triple threat main event for the title. And in an Anything Goes match for the Evolve Tag Team Championship, AR Fox and Leon Ruff defeated the Unwanted in Joe Gacy and Sean Maluda. Uh, obviously, a few of us may recognize Sean Maluda from NXT. Uh, so they uh, retained their Tag Team Championship. And Kushida fought J.D. Drake. And in a surprise after, Alex Shelley came to the ring uh, congratulating Kushida and briefly just reformed the time splitters for one night only. And so that brings us to the show. Lenny Leonard introduces a sold-out show from Chicago, Illinois, and we are introduced to besties in the world, Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett, and they will be facing Adrian Alanis and Liam Gray. Right as this match starts, Sean Maluda and Joe Gacy, the unwanted, interfere and take out everyone, uh, something to note, they're not with Eddie Kingston, the leader of The Unwanted. He's in the UK at the moment doing some dates over there. The story is they're pissed off after losing their match yesterday for the tag titles. Uh, Adrian Alanis gets on the mic right away and challenges them to a triple threat. Um, they attack them on the outside with a tope. Gacy gets caught in a double abdominal stretch by the besties, which was quite a fun little tag team move from the two. Uh, Maluda breaks it up. There are forearms and pump kicks exchanged between Alanis and Gacy. Gacy hits uh, Alabama Slam. It looked kind of awkward, didn't land particularly well. Um, Gacy and Maluda take control of the match. The besties hit a, an assisted flatliner. Fitchett goes for a Pele kick, but eats a super kick when he's upside down. I thought this looked really cool. Uh, it was like the Ricochet Adam Cole spot from that takeover where uh, Ricochet's in midair doing a moonsault and eats the super kick. Oh, that was I, incredible, incredible yeah, spot. This spot looked really cool. There's a suplex into a crossbody from Gray and Alanis. Gacy hits a double lethal injection for a two count. There's a super kick into a German suplex combo from the unwanted. Um, this is, I need to note, this is different from your WWE style triple threat match. Most WWE multi-man tag matches you can tag whoever this is three men at a time in the ring you can only tag your partner which makes it quite a chaotic match to uh keep control of and especially for me i don't know about you i'm not overly familiar with a lot of these guys it's it's quite hard to keep on top of it all because this was a really fast-paced match lots of bodies flying all over the place um and alanis and gray pin sean maluda for the win. I thought this was quite a fun opener. Yeah, no, like it was all action and yeah, I, I thought you mentioned before the uh the double lethal injection they called the uh, double ace crusher by Gacy. 
uh, was pretty impressive stuff. Thing I noticed was the besties, uh, you know, who obviously were making their debut, and if people are not too familiar with them, got a great reaction. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, the people really seemed to be into them, and even in defeat, it seemed like they came away as as big fan favorites. So, you know, they didn't win, but I think they came away from here uh, winners tonight and had a pretty good showing. Absolutely. We then move to Anthony uh, Gutierrez. He's a former MMA fighter. He won his Evolve contract uh, last night, and he is against Jimmy Sharkbait Carrot. Now, Gutierrez has a 34 to 6 record. How old would you say he is? He he's a lot older than I thought he was. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I I also heard the 34 and 6 MMA record. If I had to take a guess, which is all that it is, it would be a total guess. I I I'd say maybe early 30s, between early and mid 30s would be my guess. Um he is ah Okay, this is where I got confused because I was like, there is no way this guy is 53. There's a cinematographer named of the same name who did the <laughs> movies The Root Cellar, Jericho, Willow, The Pickle, and Attack of the 50-Foot Hero. Well, I didn't, now, think, he, I, I didn't think he was that old. No, <laughs> I was going to say, this guy, I need to, I need to take what he's taking because he looks great. Um, so, yeah, Anthony Gutierrez is not 53 and has not been... Uh, doing cinematography all these years. However, I thought he looked very impressive. This is a style I really enjoy in pro wrestling these days, the kind of uh, shoot MMA style. Um, This guy, Jimmy Carrot, comes out with this awful-looking goatee. Uh, Gutierrez is in his full MMA gear, barefoot. He's jumping around straight away. He's going for takedowns and strikes. Uh, he goes for kick straight away, takes down Carrot. Uh, Carrot manages to hit a split leg corkscrew moonsault and follows up with a running shooting star, but this gets caught into a triangle and Gutierrez just pounds down on him, locks in the triangle further for the tap out. Uh, really quick match. Uh, however, quite fast and exciting. I, I lo- So far, I've really enjoyed the flow of this show. It's just moving at such a pace. Yeah, I thought the, the the finish here was really impressive. You had Carrot going for a standing shooting star, and as he does so, he lands right in a triangle. I just thought that was a really cool way to end the match. And I, I really look forward to seeing uh, this guy mix it up with the likes of Arturo Ruas, who comes out next, because this is the, the BBJ guy. Uh, we've seen in NXT a bunch. Uh, he always really impresses me. He comes out straight away, after this match and goes technique is everything and then anthony henry comes out and says let's see if technique is everything when we do this no holds barred style now i was really looking forward to this match as i said i really like huas's style this is a style that really excites me in modern day wrestling and this match started off great um it just flowed right from the last match. It, at the moment, the, the pace of this show is awesome. It's just moving very quickly, very smoothly. Each match le- leads straight into the other. No awkward in-between segments. Um, Henry is very popular with the crowd. They go for grapples straight away. Huas goes for a series of spin kicks, but Anthony Henry dodges each one. They then go into the crowd. Ruas puts Henry through a merch table. Henry jumps off the stage and eats a super kick. 
Lenny Leonard is bigging up Ruas's impressive 17-year BJJ career. However, he's only been in pro wrestling for two years. For a guy who's been doing this for two years, I think he looks fantastic. Yeah, we were talking about that before. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of experience at all. And he's only had a handful of matches on NXT television. Mm. Uh, what I've seen of him, though, uh, I've been impressed by. And having watched him here tonight, it seems in a relatively short period of time, even from that first time we saw him in NXT, uh, he's really come a long way. Absolutely. There's some deadly chops from Headley to Ruas on the outside, a running dropkick into the barricade. Ruas catches Henry with an exploder to the floor and beats him down with palm strikes. He catches Henry with a, a knee in the ropes, but Henry kicks free. And this is where my feed died. I, I believe you had similar issues to me at this point. Hello? I was, I was oh. muted there. My stream crashed. <laughs> it <was> yes. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm talking. I'm like, well, why, why, why can't you hear me? Uh, no, you and I were, were talking when this happened. And I think I sent you a message first. And I said, did your yeah. stream just crash? And you said, yep. So at least I knew I wasn't the only one. And I said to you, I said, you know, it's a shame because I was really into this match. It was starting to get really good. And then all of a sudden, I just saw the little loading icon and then it just went dead for me. And when it came back on, we saw Henry in the ring, uh, Anthony Henry, cutting a promo. So I just said, well, I guess he must have won the match. And uh, Yeah, so if, if you could take over briefly at this point, because mine didn't get back up until midway through the next match. So I believe Henry won. I assume he won with the stretch muffler, which he used to beat Austin Theory last night. They're obviously really high up on this guy and pushing him towards the main event. Um, but yeah, I missed the whole end of the match. I missed this promo. Uh, and again, I just, I just feel this whole show has been a little bit cursed for me. Yeah, it seems like it. I, I may have to keep my distance from you. I don't want any of that bad luck to rub off on me. Uh, but no, I mean, you and I had the same experience. So my stream came back, but then it went back out again. What I did manage to see, though, is as he's in the ring cutting a promo, he makes it very clear that he wants to be involved in the Evolve title match later on in the show because he has that win over Austin Theory. So he wanted the triple threat to turn into a fatal four-way, and that's where my stream crashed again. And so when my stream finally came back, I saw a whole bunch of guys in the ring, half of whom I wasn't even sure exactly who they were. Uh, but then, you know, Lenny Leonard is uh, is very good at what he does. And he made mention of the fact that we were watching a, a six-man freestyle, one fall to a finish with uh, Craig Mitchell, Stephen Wolf, Noah Gray, GPA, uh, Karim, who is a very impressive, uh, he's easily the biggest guy in this match. And, you know, we were talking before about how uh, somebody like Arturo Huas has, I mean, two years maybe in the wrestling business. Karim's only been wrestling for about five months. Oh, damn. And, you know, he said he's a very accomplished power lifter. But from what I saw of him, and, you know, granted, he was in there with five guys, so it was limited. He's pretty good. You know, for a guy that's only got five months of pro wrestling experience, he held his own quite well. And the sixth and final man was Brandon Taggart. So I don't know exactly where in the match you came in. I, I'm Same as you, I came in about halfway through, and this thing was all action right up until the very last it, move. I, I think it was the worst match to come in halfway through because I'm I'm watching. I don't know what match this is. There's... <laughs> 
six guys on the screen. I'm trying to figure out figure out who everyone is. It's going at such a pace. Um, but it seemed a lot of fun from where I, I got in. Uh, I'm familiar with Stephen Wolf. He had quite a good showing in the in the network show. Um, a lot of the other guys, are, well, actually all the other guys are pretty much unknown to me. Um, Brandon Taggart obviously has a really peculiar look. Um, not not a look you often see in wrestling. He uh, he has this big poofy hair and wearing jeans. He doesn't quite look like he belongs there, but it really makes him stand out. Um, yeah, the closest thing I would I would compare it to, he kind of looks like the lost Dudley boy from ECW uh, twenty years ago. That that's to- the, totally yeah that that's the closest comparison I can make. And then uh, you know again, it was all action right up until the finish, and and he was the one who picked up the win with the blue thunder bomb. So, to me, Wolf seemed the most over. The crowd really behind him. He had some really impressive uh, moments in this match. There was quite a cool bit where there was a code breaker, uh, where I I can't even get the names here. It was all flying at such a pace. Uh, But the guy held on to him as uh, it was assisted with a scent onto the back. We had a standing moonsault to GPA, but Gray breaks the count. Uh, there was a ripcord knee from Gray to Mitchell, followed by a double arm DDT. Wolf hits a missile drop kick out of nowhere. Brandon Taggart ends the match with a beautiful looking blue thunderbomb for the pin. Yeah, I, one of my one of my favorite moves in all of wrestling, and it almost doesn't even matter who hits it. Whenever I see that blue thunderbomb, I always mark out. And this takes us to our uh, first championship match of the show. It's for the Evolve Tag Team Championship. We have the uh, the Wild Stallions in Matt Riddle and Kurt Stallion versus the champions A.R. Fox and Leon Ruff. Uh, Riddle comes out, kicks his flip-flops out to the crowd and immediately says, like, hey, bro, I actually kind of need them back. Can you pass them back to me? Which was rather funny. Uh, Lots of bro chants. Everyone loves Matt Riddle. Uh, Stallion and A.R. Fox start the match uh fox breaks free of a hold by flipping over the top rope and then proceeds to just dance on the apron uh ar fox starts getting a bit wound up after he receives a nasty chop to the chest this is the guy they're both always having fun and he's starting to get a bit meaner and pissed off and he takes down stallion riddle and ruff get tagged in and have a sign of respect by fist bumping before they square off uh, theory has been told that he can come back to evolve as long as he is still champion. So obviously Austin Theory is the evolve champion and has just signed a deal with the PC. So they're saying here that basically if Matt Riddle were to win the tag team championship, he would be able to still keep coming to evolve as long as he is champion. Yeah, and, and I thought that was smart because and I wonder if they did this on purpose like that. Because they wanted people to not watch this and say, well, you know, Matt Riddle's in NXT, so obviously he's not going to win the tag team titles. This was their way, I think, of saying, listen, you know, Austin Theory just signed a deal with NXT as well, but he's got an agreement or or an arrangement uh, where he can still remain the champion until he loses it. And so here, if Matt Riddle were to win the tag team title, it's possible. And then there could be some kind of agreement where, you know, he can show up at certain Evolve events and defend the title, so... Uh, I thought that was uh, kind of smart on their part to uh, explain that to the audience. Absolutely. And this would be a good moment to say that WWE was actually promoting this whole weekend of shows uh, on their Twitter, on their website. They were promoting 
evolved this weekend, um, which was interesting considering that it's not on the network yet. It is with a different subscriber. Um, but yeah, they were very much championing Evolve. Check them out. Matt Riddle's there. Kashida's there. Gulak's there. Yeah. So obviously they're in bed together. I mean, we all know that now, but yeah, of course. Uh, it's cool to see it's it's finally moving that way. Yeah, and I think uh, I don't remember exactly where it was or who who may have said this, but Evolve they're, they're not hiding the fact now that they are basically the feeder system for WWE. NXT yeah. really is no longer developmental. NXT is now graduated to being the the third brand. You have Raw, you have SmackDown, and you, now you have NXT. So Evolve kind of becomes the de facto developmental brand, and they literally just recently made a comment, you can come to an Evolve show and see the stars that you will, in so many words, eventually see in NXT. So it's not yeah. something they're hiding from or kind of being coy about. It's out there, and that's really what Evolve has become. It's become their feeder system. So uh, Riddle goes for an armbar, but Ruff gets to the ropes, and this is where Riddle goes, you're not on my level, bro. So it starts talking a bit of trash to the tag champs. There's a Broton from Riddle, and he tags Stallion. It's all Riddle and Stallion for the start of this match. They're just working away on Ruff. Uh, we start to get some Goldberg chants towards Riddle, who then hits what they dubbed the Bro Hammer, which then creates even louder Goldberg chants from the crowd. What are your thoughts on this whole Riddle-Goldberg thing? Uh, I think I think it's a smart way for him to generate attention for himself. He has done this before with Brock Lesnar. He's made it very clear he wants to be the man to retire Brock Lesnar. He said that for years. And I think it's smart because that's two big names now on the main roster who theoretically you can plug Matt Riddle in there with at some point down the road, right? I, I don't know that either one of those matches will ever actually happen, but... The fact that WWE was even promoting the uh, Matt Riddle Goldberg stuff on their social media, you know, over SummerSlam weekend, tells me that if they're not encouraging it, they certainly don't mind it. So I, I think it's smart. I think it's fine. I don't have any. I don't look at it as being disrespectful or anything. I think it's kind of refreshing that we have somebody who speaks his mind, and if it rubs people the wrong way, well, then so be it. It gets your attention, and that's what that's what people want. At the end of the day, you want those headlines. You want to be a name and riddle's doing exactly that yeah and riddle the thing about riddle he can back it up because Completely. The, one thing I, the one thing i will say you know i i haven't watched uh enough of evolve as i'd like to but i have i did see a lot of his matches in evolve uh including against some people who he now shares a locker room with in nxt so hopefully we'll get to see you know him against people like keith lee and others like that but everything i've seen of matt riddle especially from his indie work he's incredible and he also he's fantastic. Yeah, he's absolutely incredible. And he doesn't have, you know, 10 years of experience in the ring as a pro wrestler. He just sort of picked it up naturally. And, you know, he's got the MMA background. So he's not a guy like, well, he, he talks a good talk, but he can't really back it up in the ring. Uh, yes, he can. And there's a lot of people who don't give him enough credit for that or they think he's overrated. You give it time, and I think he'll be able to show people on the on the main roster soon enough exactly what he can do. He can hang with anybody. I, I completely agree with you. Ruff fires back and managed to take out both Riddle and Stallion with a sling blade and tags in Fox. Uh, Fox starts doing a series of Matrix escapes and hits an axe, sorry, an ace crusher to Riddle, and then the 
Will Ospreay's os cutter to both men, like the springboard off the second rope into a cutter. Riddle fires back with a series of suplexes and hits a penalty kick to Ruff. Stallion and Riddle then tag with a series of running forearms and suplexes. Riddle hits his Phoenix Splash, goes for the pin, but realizes he isn't the legal man. Do you think this was an actual flub here or just just part of the match with yeah, all the chaos going on? It seems to me like it was, it was a, a real flub. Uh, and there was this really kind of awkward moment there where they... They realize they messed up, and they just... What are you going to do in that situation? You just keep going. Uh, but to me, it, it seemed like a moment where they just kind of lost themselves for a second, and it just created this little bit of awkwardness, and then they just got past it. Absolutely. Uh, Ruff is on Riddle's shoulder going for, like, a assume a doomsday device or a similar tag team move to that. However, uh, AR Fox kicks while... Um, sorry, Stallion in the corner... And Ruff hits a poison Rana to Matt Riddle, followed by a top rope Rana to Stallion, and followed up by a 450 splash for the pin. AR Fox and Leon Ruff retain. They shake hands and they all dance after the match. Yep, and Matt Riddle attempted a spinner-rooney. And I yep. will say it was, for all the talk we just did about how great he is in the ring, that was not his best performance. Now, <laughs> we'll say because hasn't... Uh, Booker T said some words about Matt Riddle as well. Do you yeah. think that was a little wink wink to him? Oh yeah, ab- <laughs> absolutely, without a doubt. That's what hey, that's what Riddle does. He he, I think he kind of gets off on this stuff. He loves it. He's always uh, he's got a big smile on his face whenever people ask him about that. I'm sure that was a little wink and a nod to uh, to Booker T, but all all in good fun. All in. But good what fun. would he call it? Would it be the spinner brony or the no, Rona Rooney? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably the bro. <laughs> I don't think either name is all that great, but I would probably go with the Broner Rooney, I guess. Although, after watching him do it, I would probably, uh, if I were him, I would just tell him to uh, leave well enough alone and not bother doing that again. Absolutely. We then take a short interval here where I got a much-needed coffee before going into the rest of the show. Well, did you notice, though, let me, let me interrupt you there. Did you notice during this intermission what they were showing? Oh, we we had our our favorite pre-show match once again: Milk Chocolate versus Alex Reynolds and Sil- and John Silver. That's right. That's right. From uh, the pre-show, I believe, to Evolve One Thirty One, which I think was the same night. That was the night of the tenth anniversary uh, Evolve special that aired on the WWE Network. But the one cool thing about this match is I've seen Milk Chocolate wrestle before. Uh, I've seen them in person at independent shows, and I I know one half of the team, Brandon Watts, and it's actually cool for me to uh, be able to watch his match here because a few years ago he broke his neck uh, oh in, wow yes 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 and it was a very nasty injury and there was a lot of question about whether or not he'd even be able to come back and he had a tough road but the fact that he was able to come back and and reunite the team with randy summers and they're out there doing their thing uh is a very cool thing because that was a very serious injury so i just wanted to mention that and that this was quite a fun match as well, actually. While we're while we're on the subject of it, and which also finished with a blue thunderbomb, and I, I think this was actually my favorite blue thunderbomb of the night. It was pretty sweet looking. Yes. Um, however, I did when they started talking about Evolve One Thirty One, and I hadn't twigged that the show was starting at nine and not eight. I was starting to think, "Fuck, have I bought the wrong pay per view?" <laughs> 
Uh, well, I followed your lead, so if you bought the wrong pay-per-view, then I did too, until yeah. we both realized the uh, the mistake that we had made. So the show comes back with Anthony Green, Retro, with Brandy Lauren, fresh off her NXT appearance from last week with the Velveteen Dream. And uh, happy birthday to Anthony Green. He just turned 26 on Friday. 26, damn. 26, yes. Did, did, did not lo- looking at him here, he did not look a day over 31. I know, right? He's got a real sort of Silas Young (laughs) thing about him. Yes, he does. Um, And he's against Paco, who's making his Evolve debut. Um, Paco is a local talent from Chicago. And the crowd were pretty behind this guy. Obviously, a lot of them familiar with him from local indie scene. Um, Paco hits a big cross body off the top and a tope suicida to the outside to really get the, the match going to a quick start. He goes for a springboard and gets caught with a cutter over the top rope. And then Green takes advantage. There's dueling chance for Paco. There's let's go Paco and Paco sucks. So obviously he's not everyone's favorite in Chicago, Illinois. There's a sunset flip attempt by Paco, but Green grabs the rope and starts raining down on him with punches. There's a huge right hand from Green. Paco then hits a missile dropkick and starts to fire up. He hits a knee strike followed by a tornado DDT, but doesn't quite get it and just goes for it again. Um, and I wasn't sure if this was a mistake or just something something he was doing. Brandy then distracts Paco when he's on the top rope, allowing Green to get the advantage. Paco goes for a splash or the Pacolips, but he eats the knees. Green hits Stallion's finisher, which is... I can't remember the name of the the move. It's uh, Seamus did something similar. It's where you've got them behind you, and it's a neck breaker across the knee. I'm the name is is failing me. Um, you know the move I'm talking about. I yeah, I know the move again. The name also just escapes me, but it's the same move that Okada uses in New Japan. Yes, exactly. Um, this is followed by a super kick for the pin, and Anthony Green wins. This was my least favorite match on the show uh, by quite a way, actually. I thought Paco looked very, uh, quite green here. Uh, There was a little bit of sloppiness between the two. I I don't quite, I'm not really on board with Anthony Green, sorry, Anthony Green's gimmick either. Um, Maybe this was just fatigue hitting me, but this didn't really do it for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, pretty basic stuff. I, I think it more existed as a means to further whatever the issue is between Anthony Green uh, and uh, Kurt Stallion. The fact that he was using Stallion's signature moves and, uh, you know, Lenny Leonard went out of his way to mention that. This was more, it was almost, it was a nice exhibition for Paco. You know, he was he was fine. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. He was just, I think, uh, a warm body to be in the ring with Anthony Green to further that storyline. So Green then starts just attacking um, Paco. Uh, they bring Brandy Lauren comes in with the kendo stick. And this is where Shotzi Blackheart runs out to make the save, hits a tope suicida to the outside, goes to grab another kendo stick, but Brandy catches her with a drop kick. And we've got a match. They just announced this is Shotzi Blackheart versus Brandy Lauren and kendo sticks are legal. They've done this quite a few times in the show where they just run straight into the next match. I don't know if it was a spontaneous thing or the match had already been pre-announced. Yeah, the match uh, the match was it was pre-announced and I think this is another one of those 
uh, rematches from the 10th anniversary special. It was, yes. We saw those two at the 10th anniversary. Um, Brandy is just choking out Shotzi with the kendo stick. She gets the stick in the throat and slams it against the mat. I always hate these moves. Um, any sort of throat and stick thing just make me cringe. It, I'm sure they did it safely, but it just looks nasty to me. Um, the story is Shotzi feels that Brandy Lauren is holding all the women back in Evolve. She's she's like Triple H in in the early 2000s. She's well, b- playing well, politics. She's well, holding everyone back. You no, know, she's more like the modern day. I guess the modern day version of the fabulous Moolah holding the uh, the women back. Oh. Sorry, my headphone just fell out there. Um, <laughs> I got you didn't get, I got you so excited there. You got you, yeah. You, wow. I mentioned a moolah just. Oh, I know. <laughs> Scary. We have an enziguri from Blackheart followed by a lung blower, which is assisted by the kendo stick. Shotzi then starts just smacking the shit out of Lauren with this stick. She drops Shotzi from an electric chair for a two count. Lauren goes for a submission with the stick, but Shotzi rolls through for a two count. Blackheart then applies the cross face using the kendo stick across the face, but Green distracts the ref as Brandy Lauren is tapping. Shotzi then beats down on Green with the stick. She's attacking both Green and Lauren. She then hits a top rope senton, uh, like Akira Tozawa's, off the top rope, gets the pin, and she beats Brandy Lauren. Yeah, this was this was a. I have to say, it turned into a, a fun little brawl there, and those kendo stick shots, like you said before, she she beat the hell. She wasn't uh, holding back at all. No, 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 not at all. And she beat the hell out of Brandy with that stick and came off with that senton. And I was hoping that she wouldn't kick out of that because that was a kind of a high note to end on, and she did. She got the win. Shotzi Blackheart, someone who stands out to me. Uh, she impressed me in the tenth anniversary show. I think she's got a great look, a different look. She definitely stands out against everyone else and she doesn't hold back uh she hit that crazy move into all the chairs at the 10th anniversary show uh she's definitely someone from these two shows that i've watched that that sticks in my memory and i think could uh could be great for an nxt later down the line yeah she's got a certain aggression to her that makes her stand out i think more than most we then go to the evolve championship triple threat match this is jd drake versus Josh Briggs, versus Austin Theory. Now, in that pre-show, you mentioned it briefly earlier, uh, Anthony Henry was talking about his win over Austin Theory and how he should be included into this match. J.D. Drake was is his friend and a supporter of this, but just says, well, it, it's got to be approved. Like, you've got your other match tonight. Um, and this plays majorly into the story. Anthony Henry comes out, and he wants in on this match. I tapped out the champion. Uh, this should be a fatal four-way. And Austin Theory comes out going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I did not sign up for a four-way match. I signed up for a triple threat match. And the only person who makes decisions for me is the NXT general manager, William Regal. And by the looks of it, his number isn't in your phone. And if you don't get out of the ring right now, I will get my flight straight back to the PC. Good heel work from here, uh, from from Theory. I like the whole using his shiny brand new contract as a way to get heat in Evolve. What did you think of this pre-match segment? 
I thought it was fine. I thought it was is perfectly uh, good heel work from from theory. Makes you hate him even more. Comes off as very uh, full of himself, which I guess is the goal. He's sort of the uh, the playboy, pretty boy type who thinks he's better than everybody else. So it fits his his gimmick perfectly. So I thought it was a good way to get heel heat. Absolutely. Uh, Drake is trying to get Henry out of the ring. He's come on, mate. Look, like you'll have your chance another time. He he gets Henry away. Uh, Austin Theory then keeps stopping the announcer from saying his name, just as about he he always says, okay, you need to say this, you need to say that. So he was described as the epitome, the limit breaker, and the real superstar. Just again, some more cheap heat to get the crowd to hate Theory even more before the start of the match. Both J.D. Drake and Briggs immediately go for Theory, who drops to the outside. And Austin does this thing where he goes, no, no, you two go at it. It's one of the things I I hate in triple threat matches when the heel goes, no, you two go for it. And the two baby faces do end up going for it. It always makes them look stupid. So I'm glad here they didn't do that. And they both went to the outside to go after him. Theory climbs under the ring and comes out the other side with a steel chair. So then Briggs and Theory, uh, sorry, Briggs and uh, Theory, yes, are going at it. Theory tries to, sorry, Briggs attempts his big choke slam to Theory, but he escapes it and eats a right hand from Drake. Drake and Briggs are then going at it. There's a rolling thunder drop kick to both from Austin Theory, a standing moonsault to Briggs for a two count. There's huge chops from Drake to Theory that. Lenny Leonard is saying he's trying to cave in his chest. These were really loud, nasty-sounding chops. We have a blockbuster from Theory to Drake. A big boot from Briggs to Theory. All the men are down. Briggs then goes for his chokeslam to Drake. Now, J.D. Drake, for those of you who haven't seen him, is quite a big guy. I mean, Briggs is big, but to get him up for a chokeslam doesn't seem like it's going to happen. This is counted into a German suplex from Drake, but Briggs... Fires up, Ishii style, just eats that suplex, gets right back up and goes for him. This is where Drake hits the drill bit to Briggs. There's a 301 Feynman carry drop from Theory to Drake, which looked super impressive. As I said, Drake is a big, big guy, and Austin Theory is just lifting him right up onto his shoulders. Drake and Briggs are then in the ring on their own. They hit clotheslines to each other. This is really hard hitting. Briggs hits his chokeslam to Drake, but Theory makes the save. Theory then uses the chair on Briggs. Drake ducks a chair shot from Theory, hits him with the stunner. Something about about guys with big bellies these days using the Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, although this this guy has a uh, a much bigger belly than uh, than Kevin Owens does. Oh, much bigger! It's it's definitely the blue collar move is yeah. the, is the stunner for whatever reason. Um, and, theory and, and, just... and, and theory sell of the stunner was oh, very impressive. It was he very sells rock... it like the rock. He, yeah, I was, I was going to say very rock esque in his sell. He's of the definitely stunner. got a two four waiting in his locker room after this because <laughs> that was yeah quite some sell. Uh, he hits Drake, then hits a moonsault again. This is a big dude. Hits a moonsault one two, and a chair gets thrown right at the back of Drake, breaking up the pin. And it is revealed to be his friend, Anthony Henry, breaking up the pin. He then throws the chair right in Henry in Drake's face and kicks it. Henry's sat in the ropes looking 
kind of pained and confused at what he has done. And Theory is just smiling on, crawls over, takes the pin and retains his championship. And the crowd are chanting, why, why, why? As Henry and Drake are in the ring. Uh, how was this for you? Well, it was it was an interesting uh, turn of events. It looked like uh, Henry almost missed breaking up the pin. And he was kind of getting in the ring a little too late. So he was thinking on his feet. And he threw the chair to uh, break up the pin, which I thought was kind of unique. And I yeah, guess, I like that. I, I yeah. haven't seen that before, which was kind of cool. Yeah, well, I mean, he was desperate. What else are you going to do? You're not going to get there in time. you got no choice. Thank God he had the chair in his hand. But, you know, it plays into the story, and I assume that story here, because it's not as though, you know, when the match was over, that he went back and he, you know, beat the hell out of Drake. Mm. He kind of stared at him. He, he looked very uh, much like he was contemplating what he had just done. And then he left. So yeah. it seems to me like he was just very frustrated. He wanted very badly and felt he deserved to be part of this championship match. And he wants to be the one to take the title from Austin Theory. Yeah, you know, he, he knows he can beat Theory. He's exactly, done it. So exactly. why would so, he want anyone else to have that championship? Right. And so it's consumed him and he took it out on his on his best friend. Who knows if they're friends now going forward. I guess it creates intrigue in that way. But it just seems like that's the story. He is obsessed and he wants to be the person to take that title from Theory because he knows he can beat him. And this is good for someone for someone like me who's just hopping on to Evolve, uh, going to hopefully start watching it consistently. I've I've got a story I'm invested in right away. Uh, I enjoyed this match. I think all three guys are pretty good. Um, Drake does not look like your typical wrestler, but he really he really impressed me at uh, Evolve One Three One, the tenth anniversary. I I liked his promo. He's a guy you really want to get behind. So. The fact is, his best mate has just stabbed him in the back as well. Uh, makes a nice wrinkle to the story as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely invested in this moving forward. Yeah, and I also want to just also say that Briggs is also very impressive. Uh, I've seen some of his matches as well. He was also on that 10th anniversary special. And watching him here in this match, he's a big guy. He's you know a big dude, but he moves around well. He's got a certain intensity about him. He's got a good look. So he's another one who I think is going to be doing big things in the future. Absolutely. And next is our main event. And this is your WWE match. We have Kushida from NXT challenging Drew Gulak from 205 Live for the Cruiserweight Championship. And this is the first time the Cruiserweight Championship has been defended outside of a WWE ring. Now, I've seen both of these. Uh, these guys have had two matches on NXT TV, uh, both of which I enjoyed very much. And I think these two have great chemistry. So I was really looking forward to this match. Uh, Kushida comes out. I think his music has changed slightly. It definitely sounds a bit rockier uh, than it has in the past. Uh, Gulak comes out in his robe and his title, looking like the man. And this match starts off... Uh, with an explosion from Kushida. He just takes Gulak out straight away with drop kicks. He hits his handspring to the apron, knocking uh, knocking Gulak to the floor. The whole story is Kushida is targeting Gulak's leg. He is working away at those legs, which was interesting considering Kushida's finisher is 
uh, is the Saburaba, uh, Sakuraba lock. It's the arm lock. So it slightly odd that he was targeting the legs to me, but it made for some really great moments with these drop kicks. Um, so Kushida hits a drop kick to the knee and locks the figure four in quite early into the match. And Gulak manages to get Kushida into a cravat. Uh, Kushida is continuously working on the legs of Gulak. Uh, Gulak is trying to out-wrestle Kushida with some submissions. There's a slight test of strength between the two. There's a beautiful suplex with a bridge for a two-count from Gulak. Gulak applies a sleeper, and Kushida fires up with another dropkick to Gulak's knee. Gulak hits a huge DDT into the cross armbreaker, but Gulak manages to get to the ropes. There's an armbar from Kushida, which is counted into an ankle lock, which is counted back into the armbar and then back again into the ankle lock. These exchanges were really cool. The two just know how to work. Uh, this is the kind of wrestling I love, submission wrestling. Uh, Gulak then gets the Gulak locked into the middle locked in in the middle of the ring however Kushida counters this into a pin attempt for a two count this is where the two keep on trying roll-ups uh schoolboys jackknife pin attempts anything to get a pin and they're just rolling around the ring this was a lot of fun Kushida then gets Gulak in a pin for it was like two and seven eighths I think Chicago think they saw a title change outside of WWE this pin was close. Um, there was That was three chants from the crowd. We then had a handspring to the back elbow, like Tajiri used to do from Kushida. A penalty kick to the arm. He gets the Sakuraba lock locked in on Gulak. And Gulak rolls him up for a small package, but a kick up, kick out. And then Gulak rolls him up again and uses the ropes for leverage and gets the win and retains his championship. Yeah, kind of uh, surprised that they would end the show on that note. Uh, you had a lot of chance of uh, you know, bullshit from the crowd. They were not happy at all uh, with that finish. And you know, it's a classic heel finish where you know he is desperate enough where he feels he has to use the ropes to, to pick up the win. Definitely, I felt a very good match with an underwhelming finish. What did you think? I completely agree. I wasn't too surprised because I thought going into this... Uh, Kushida hasn't lost yet on NXT TV, so I couldn't see him losing clean. And I don't think Gulak's ready to drop the title yet. I think they're starting to, I think they're starting to kind of change what 205 is. They've had him a lot on NXT TV and uh, and other TV to try and get this over. And he's over as this very serious wrestling champion. So I think it would be too soon to change the title and they're not going to change it on not on WWE TV. So I figured we were going to get some kind of screwy finish. Uh, but the rest of the match up to this point, I really enjoyed. I think this might have been my favorite out of their three until that end. Yeah, and I think it just might have been more impactful for them to end with their own title match, given the whole, uh, you know, kind of turn, not turn maybe, but... You know, the events of the uh, Evolved title match where Henry came in and, and cost his friend the championship, that also was a heel going over. But that was also kind of this big shocking moment. And I think that might have been a better way to, to go out on. And they may not have had a choice. It might have been a WWE thing where, hey, 
you know, if we're going to have our title defended, it needs to be in the main event. So I understand that. But I, I almost would have reversed the roles of the two main events if it were up to me. I, I agree. I'm with you there. And I'm pretty sure at the 10th anniversary, they did have the Evolve Championship for the main event, uh, even though they had WWE guys in other matches. So I, I think so, too. I think your title uh, always needs to be the focus, especially when it's in this weird transition period and you may be having people like me who are wwe fans who are nxt fans who are quite new to evolve and starting to check it out i think you want your focus to be on your guys not necessarily the wwe guys yeah i agree absolutely 100 percent so that was evolve 134 from august the 25th 2019 Overall, I, I enjoyed this show. I think I'm going to go back uh, back to watch some more. It wasn't blow away to me. There's wasn't really a match I'd say tell people to go out their way to see, but I did enjoy the show overall. Yeah, I mean, not a bad way to spend the night if you're looking for some good wrestling. And you get to see a lot of talent. I mean, it's a lot of good young talent in Evolve. And talent that you know at some point you're going to see in WWE. So it's always cool, kind of like the minor leagues in baseball or any other sport, where you know that you're watching kind of the future stars and you get to watch them come up. And and no pun intended, but you get to see them evolve and and uh, kind of grow. And it's always, it's always fun to watch. Uh, I would say if I had to pick one match that was my favorite, I might go with the Evolve title match. I thought it got really good there towards the end. Austin Theory, you know, I've heard differing opinions on him. I've had people say, well, he's okay, he's got a good look, but he's not really that great, and he's overrated. I mean, you're always going to have people who say that. Having watched him, he's impressive. You know, he can he can talk, he can go, he's got a good look, he's young, so I could see why WWE would want to sign him up at the PC. Oh, completely. I completely agree. Um, match quality-wise, yeah, from the two I've seen, I've really enjoyed, and his promo is solid. He... You you want to hate him. He's very that smile, that look. He had felt very WWE. Managed to know where the camera is and pick up that smile, slowly crawling towards the pin. I love that moment. Uh, I I have high hopes for Austin Theory in WWE. Yeah, I just hope they don't change the name because I think the name is cool and it works for him. And if they do change it, who 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 can only imagine what they'll change his name to? Yes, so <laughs> let's. Hope Will they w- want another Austin in uh, WWE? Hmm. Oh boy, you know that you make a good point there. You make yep. a good point. Uh oh. <laughs> well, uh, that was evolve. Thank you, Jason, very very much for giving up your evening. I know you've got work in about five hours or something ridiculous like that. So yes. I'm. I'm very sorry to keep you up, and I won't keep you up too much longer. Uh, before you go, uh, once again, tell us where we can find you. Yeah, the easiest place to find me is on Twitter, at Solomonster. And you can uh, find the archives of all the Sound Off episodes on thesolomonster.com. Uh, iTunes, we're on Pandora and Spotify now, so uh, you can find us there. And also on YouTube, if you type in Solomonster Sounds Off, I've got a bunch of uh, bonus clips and content on there. And uh, thank you for uh, bringing me in to do this. I appreciate that uh, you thought of me. This was fun. And uh, thank you again. Thank you. And I guess I'll be seeing you in Tampa. Yes, yes, that's right. WrestleMania coming to uh, Tampa next year. We usually get our whole 
giant crew of people from all over the place together, and uh, I will be there. So uh, hopefully, if you if you are there, I'm sure we will meet up at some point. I'm sure. I'm saying I'm not going at the moment, but well, you know, it's ev- everyone says that every year, yes. and then we're yes. there. Everybody goes, oh, well, you know, maybe next year this this is going to be it for me. And then sure enough, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll see you next year. And uh, inevitably, everybody shows up again. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you can find Up Next every Thursday on our own feed, Up Next. We're part of the Post Wrestling Network. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Davey Portman. And you can find my co-host, Braden Harrington, at the braid d we also have our youtube channel which is bde official where we put up our show we have other videos we have like our johnny gargano video from our tailgate for takeover toronto lots of fun stuff on there um we'll have another show this thursday reviewing nxt from this week it's not long till with the big league now babies We're going to the USA Network, so that's all very exciting. Big, big moves in the world of NXT. Thank you for listening. Ahoy! First time in a long time, but back like I never left. Taking you stay as it comes, you know me, I don't read ahead. Watch me burn down everything, BBE on the TV set. When I'm in control on the road, you could never really know what's up next. It's Macy's Friends and Family Sale. With an extra 30% off the gifts you'll love to give. And get 15% off beauty with your coupon or Macy's card. That's on top of big savings, like 25% off dressed-up designer looks for kids from Calvin Klein and more. Plus an extra 25% off luggage from Samsonite, Delsey, and more. Download the free Macy's app for more great deals at Macy's. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Because plastics can be so much more. Give this trash a second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today.